0: Hello there. It's time for most things Kenobi. I prefer all things Kenobi, but I suppose that's not the Jedi way. As long as it's not all things Anakin.
1: Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host Lauren. And I'm your host Leanne. And this week we are carrying on with our Citadel conversation. This is the counter-attack episode. It's the second of the three. Yeah, more shit happens. More shit goes down. <laughs> a lot of shit goes down.
0: Sad sad, sad. shit.
1: Heartbreaking stuff. This, Ugh. This is a It's the crux of the three, so I'm not surprised. It's this weird mix of like horrible stuff, and everyone looks beautiful. Well, that is a good point, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Truly, though. The lighting on this planet does things to a lot of these Jedi. Yeah, they look really hot. They look (laughs) real good. Ahsoka looks hot. Everybody is just gorgeous, and I'm here for it. Yeah Tarkin doesn't look hot. no. no. Tarkin looks like a frail whisper of a human. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For those of you who love my my wheezy laugh. <laughs> oh God, I wasn't expecting that. He is a whisper of a human, isn't he? <laughs> Gaunt
1: and thin and annoying. <laughs> he is—he is so annoying. He is sour. He's a sour human being, and I—I I love to hate him. Honestly, I, I, he, yeah, he's.
0: Look, we can't deny the impact he's had in cinema, you know, in cinematic history. And if this is his debut, it's a hell of a debut because he is—he is true to himself. <laughs> in these episodes as we know him in the brief time that we know him in a new hope. Yeah. In fact, I yeah. think the new hope isn't Luke, it's actually the fact that Tarkin got blasted away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a new hope in the galaxy and it's one that doesn't involve him. <laughs> oh my god, yes, cuz he even like in bad batch, he's a monster. He's a he, monster. He, which I find really funny because after watching this episode, you see how Tarkin is a coward. Totally. Totally. He's always, like, pressed against the wall, like, afraid of being near the edge. And when firefight starts up, he hides, and, like, while Ahsoka runs to the front to protect everybody, Tarkin goes to hide.
0: And he has the nerve to question, like, the Jedi and their involvement in all of this. Is it because you feel small, Tarkin,
1: Yeah, what is his rank now? Is he just a commander right now? I actually don't remember. remember. I don't either, but... He's a wimp. Clearly, he goes up in the ranks because he's friends with Palpatine. Does
0: anyone remember the Seinfeld episode where there's... George Costanza's at a house party and there's a fire in the apartment and he's the first one to run out (laughs) of the apartment and he pushes the grandma out of the way to get out of... That is... That is Tarkin. <laughs> oh my God, you're so right. Tarkin is George Costanza. <laughs> Tarkin is George Costanza in an apartment fire. <laughs> He's screaming, "Fire! Fire!" Just knocking just everyone, knocking people down. out of the way.
1: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You're so right, though, and I think we see that even more in the next one where, like, the mm-hmm. the threat kind of closes in on him. He, he uses other people as, like, a shield to protect himself because he never lifts a finger to protect himself. Mm-mm. No, he's all talk. Yeah. And he talks a lot. He does. He's like an orator for sure. Yeah. I I think there's a comic, though, that talks about his past, and he has, like, this... I have not read it, so I could be completely talking out of turn, but it seemed okay. that there was some sort of, like, really brutal rite of passage or something in his childhood, like his childhood home or something, where you're supposed to really beat a person barefisted or something like that. What? I don't know if I'm accurate on this. It's one of those newer comics. Do you remember? They had the series where it was, like, Heroes of the Republic, Villains oh, yes. of the Republic, or whatever yes. it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's... I think that's in the Tarkin one, which I want to read. Yeah, I kind of want to read
0: it now. I'm curious.
1: Because everything implies he's like a bit of a weenie when it comes to like physical stuff. But maybe not. Maybe that's just a choice that he doesn't need to exert the effort because there's other people to do it for
0: him. He's totally the type to surround himself. We see it in this episode and the next one. He's he's exactly as you said when shit goes down he cowers back and hides Mm -hmm. and stuff and and he would totally surround himself with the the proper people to ensure his safety while never lifting a finger to ensure it himself
1: Mm -hmm. he
0: would watch anakin ahsoka the clones all go down before he ever lifted a finger to save
1: himself that's what i believe i think so too and and not even maybe because he's a coward or maybe because he's so calculating that he'll preserve his own energy until he yeah. has to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just either way, he's a really interesting, so annoying character. So
0: annoying. <laughs> but that's not to say we don't appreciate the voice actor and what he brings oh. to this character because he's I, I, his name escapes me now. But do you happen to remember because he's fantastic at it. He brings that dry, annoying, like spoiled child air to the voice.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's Steven Stanton is who okay. does his voice. That sounds Well, it's excellent. That sounds right. Yeah, he's great. I think he might be the guy who voices Obi-Wan in Rebels. I gotta look now, cause that's crazy.
0: What?
1: Yeah, because they were gonna use. I think they were going to use James Arnold Taylor, maybe not, but then they had someone in the office or in like the studio while Sam Witwer was reading his lines. Mhm. And they just used whoever was there at the time. How interesting. And they liked it so much they just decided to use that actor as Obi-Wan cuz he was doing the voice so effectively. See the talents of a voice actor. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. Stephen Stanton voiced Ben Kenobi in Rebels, nice. too. Wow, that's nice. amazing. Well, it was only a few lines, so... He did a great job. And honestly, I don't hear Tarkin in his Obi-Wan at yeah. all. So that's, Mm-mm. I mean, it's so mind-blowing how good these voice actors are. Well, the name of this episode
0: is Counterattack because basically the Citadel itself is counter-attacking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and causing problems for the, the very savvy clone's and Jedi, who are there to rescue yeah. these annoying asses of Tarkin. Well, he's the only annoying one, really. <laughs> because yes. e- Evan Peel is is not annoying. He's lovely. No,
1: he's, he's a badass. <laughs> he's a little,
0: tough, solid creature. I don't know the name of his species. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but he's tough, and he's awesome, and he is hardy to the very end. This is the episode that we lose Echo Right. there's, or we think we do.
1: That's the. Oh my god, it's so awful. If you haven't seen the list, and it's fast. It is. It's fast and like they don't linger. <laughs> no, they don't linger for anybody. Anyone who dies, no, they're just like we've got all. to keep moving.
0: <laughs> we've, we've got to keep going. Uh, now that we know Bad Batch, mm-hmm. did you happen to read what? They think or have theorized what happened to Echo after he allegedly died there. No,
1: what happened?
0: Uh, apparently. Oh, I don't. It's really graphic. But there's like, there's theories and artwork about it online. And it's very troubling to look at and read. Just the tortures oh. stuff that he went through. It makes, <laughs> I love him so dearly. Yeah. Who we learn about in Bad Batch, like who he becomes after the fact, after all of this. Mm -hmm. But this is the episode where he dies and they do leave him and they don't really show too much that he's dead. So I can see Mm -hmm. why they
1: brought him back in a sense. Well, And did he die or and they brought him back to life or did they did he not die? He just barely held on. I, I noticed, too, after the explosion, they cut to Echo's helmet falling on the ground. Yes. And right next to it is a droid arm.
0: Oh, the symbolism. Yeah, I was
1: like, I don't know if they had his story planned out. If they did and that was foreshadowing, that's fucking brilliant.
0: Yeah, that is brilliant. Oh, you know what? I'm sure Dave Filoni, like, drew something. (laughs) (laughs) You know he has a drawing somewhere. (laughs) Yeah,
1: probably. (laughs) Where
0: I betcha he knows his material so well that he would look at that and it would inspire him or or maybe there was some foresight who knows that's a lot of foresight yeah like 10 years or longer yeah that's crazy but if they went back and looked at it and said hey wait a second look at this maybe we can
1: pull from this you know well and knowing george lucas it was planned out (laughs) for a really long time well that's a whole other story (laughs) yeah like you
0: oh man he's just a font of information that just never ends. I brilliant. Anyway, the Jedi split up in this episode, and it's chaos—just mm-hmm. constant chaos.
1: Yeah, Anakin is leading Tarkin and his group through the the underground tunnels, and Obi Wan is going yes. through the building through the like the vents in the <laughs> the vents. Yeah. That's never good. It never works.
0: <laughs> nope, and it doesn't work in this case. They can't make it to the ship. Ugh. They almost make it to the ship.
1: Yeah. No one is having a good time.
0: <laughs> no. No. They keep going to places that no one wants to vacation. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, there are planets out there that I would love to vacation at, and This is not one of this them. This is not one of them. No.
1: They're, like, apart from Echo, there's also a couple other horrible clone deaths. Oh. They're terrible, and they just leave them. Yes, I mean one of them. There's no nothing you could you couldn't no. carry that. It, he was no. literally cut in half by the doors. That
0: is one of the most horrifying things I've seen on that show. Yeah,
1: and they did it like, so you that don't, is don't have so, to, so you don't have to see it. It's just you implied. don't have to see it. It's plenty implied. <laughs> it's it is
0: terrible. Although I love how Master Peel can really climb. Oh my
1: gosh! Yes, I know everyone's rock climbing. He just climbing. zips right up there
0: like a little, <laughs> like a little troll. He's just a little like zippy troll going up the, going up the shaft there, whatever that thing is. You know, the, you know, and that was pretty. God, that's awful. It was
1: badass though when he was going after the droid and cut it in half. If he could go mm-hmm. that fast, why was he <laughs> taking his sweet ass time the whole time? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and then there's the other clone who gets shot in the head when they're interrogating Peel and Obi-Wan and all of them. <sighs> I just, I can't believe some of the stuff they do on Clone Wars sometimes. Again, it's the classic, <laughs> uh, is it a kid's show, really? That's That's pretty graphic. It's pretty gruesome. I mean, they're careful to not show it explicitly. Right. But it's plenty.
0: Well, when you think of the story of a clone, it, they're so expendable at this point. Yeah. And I do love how full circle we come with Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. You know, even recently. Yeah, even more um, so in
1: these last couple episodes that just came out. Yeah. But
0: at this point, you can literally see how they were born and bred to be expendable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And honestly, some of the shit that Tarkin is muttering in Anakin's ear. I mean, Anakin's like annoyed with him too, but there's just enough truth mm-hmm. that makes him pause. You know what I mean? And I do love their little standoff yeah. that occurs when they're walking. You can almost sense that Anakin is trying to like convince himself that what he's saying back to Tarkin is true, mm-hmm. like defending the Jedi and defending the war and all of this and their beliefs and their values and things. But damn the, the stark contrast of all of this, plus the expendability of the clones, it's just kind of, it's a little unsettling.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, especially, gosh, I wish you could, you had Disney Plus right now, because the last episode of Bad Batch was all about... This, the expendability well I know all clones. about it cause oh yeah I guess if you...
0: Rio Chuchi is involved I read it so I've read all of the spoilers <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all the clips I've seen everything I've seen it and I love her and I love what they're doing
1: it's so smart
0: spoil we're not gonna spoil it yeah
1: cause like the way they bring well spoiler here yeah. I guess but the way that they bring Palpatine into the argument of whether or not the clones are expendable is brilliant it's super mm-hmm. smart and it ties mm-hmm. into this, what you're talking about right now. It really does. And I, I have, I wrote down what Tarkin and Anakin say to each other because it's so interesting. Oh, good. It is. It really is. It's, it's probably like my favorite moment. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of moments throughout this. You know, they all look good. There's some great lightsaber things going on. They blow up some rocks. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> fun things in this episode. But this is like the meat of the episode for me is their exchange.
1: It is, because it's the bigger symbol, the bigger argument of everything. And Tarkin says... uh, He's talking about how he still doesn't really trust the Jedi. He might trust Anakin, but not Mm -hmm. the Jedi in general. And he says, I find their tactics ineffective. The Jedi Code prevents them from going far enough to achieve victory to do whatever it takes to win. The very reason why peacekeepers should not be leading a war. And Anakin says... I've also found that we sometimes fall short of victory because of our methods. <laughs> it's a lot.
0: It's a lot to take in because neither of them are totally right and neither of them are totally wrong. Mm-hmm. And it, it was purposefully written this way. Right. But it's the intent behind what they're saying that is, that is. what does
1: Anakin mean? Is he agreeing? Is he not agreeing? Is victory important at the cost of your own morality? Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, we're literally watching clones drop left and right throughout this episode. Yeah. It, uh, I just... It gives me goosebumps. I have a little bit of goosebumps because <laughs> what we know ends up happening, it's very interesting. It
1: is. And, and Tarkin, like you said, Tarkin's not really wrong. But it doesn't mean that he's morally right. Correct. You know, like peacekeepers leading a war and like not doing whatever it takes to win. Is there a circumstance where that's doing whatever it takes to win? Like we say that that's kind of what the rebels are doing when they're fighting the empire. They're doing whatever it takes to win. Oh, totally. The I use my enemies, I'm forced to use my enemies weapons, whatever it was exactly. You have it right in front of. What does he say? I have it right here. This is Luthen's speech from Andor. What is my sacrifice?
0: I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. Exactly. Is it worth it? I burn my decency (laughs) for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. So he's admitting right here, Luthan is, that he burns his decency.
1: Which is what Tarkin is saying is necessary sometimes. I love the depth of this right now. Me too. I really do. Me too. Because this brings up
0: questions throughout Star Wars. We see it in Andor. Mm-hmm. Not just with Luthen, but like the means that they go through to save each other, one another, to preserve. I mean, the rebellion is not cut and dry. Mm-hmm. It's not all good guys versus all bad guys. Everyone, no matter what side, believes in something. Right. Right. Exactly. It's the means that they go about executing to reach whatever their belief is that separates good from bad.
1: Right. And then there are, like, Obi-Wan, I think, is a really good character to represent. He doesn't believe that the ends justify the means. He has had to do that from time to time, but ultimately Mm -hmm. that's what his argument is to Anakin when Anakin Mm -hmm. falls on Revenge of the Sith, saying that, you're becoming the thing that you swore to protect everyone against. You're becoming yeah. the evil that we're supposed to despise. Like, Yeah. So here's what I think Anakin actually meant when he said that. What was the line? He said, I've often found that we sometimes fall short of victory because of our methods. So in my interpretation, because we've seen it
0: in episodes throughout the Clone Wars leading up to this point, Anakin would totally finish off somebody. We saw it in the Kadavo arc. He had a lightsaber pressed against the Zygerian's neck. Mm -hmm. And he was about to kill the person to get info. And Anakin, or I'm sorry, Ahsoka stayed his hand. Yeah. In that instance, I think Anakin would have got the info or killed him. No problem.
1: Without Ahsoka being there? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think so. And you see that in this exchange, too, because... Tarkin says something about Ahsoka reveals her short sightedness when she says the place is horrible, right? And yeah, but then Anakin says he's not wrong, and Ahsoka gives him this look like, "What the yeah. fuck are like, you talking about?" Pardon you and me
0: and everyone here.
1: Excuse me, yes. like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I beg your fucking pardon. Yeah, because again, (laughs) he was kind of implying that the ends justify the means. Like if we had possession of the Citadel, we'd be putting people in the prison. It's going to exist whether we own it or the separatists own it. We might as well get our hands on it. And she's like, what are you talking about?
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. This is a direct link to Lord of the Rings. Everyone said if we had the ring, Boromir said if I had the ring and Gondor had the ring, we'd be able to put it to good use. And that is just not even a fucking option. Right. It's not an option here because it's not a good thing. The Citadel is not a good thing. The ring wasn't a good thing. It turned everyone dark, essentially. It corrupted them.
1: Because its purpose, its purpose is darkness. Yes, exactly. Yes. God, I love Lord of the Rings. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) First thing I thought of was
0: like everybody was just like, well, if we had that as a weapon, we could defeat him hand over fist. It's like not so much. no, that's not how this works. Same
1: thing with a fucking prison. it's gonna corrupt you if you're part of it. Yeah, it, it's so smart. I love it so much. <laughs> I know it's so good. This is
0: I, this isn't so much about breaking down the episode, but breaking down the fucking hidden the hidden gems that are embedded throughout this episode. Yeah, they're telling a story through the means of like, separating the Jedi and having them try to get out of this situation that they found themselves in. But it's really the underlying, the undercurrent here is what is actually going on? And you said it last week with the colors and the symbolism that underneath there's an undercurrent of nastiness and poison and mm-hmm. it, it's the same theme in this episode too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I That's why I love Clone Wars because you can watch it for entertainment. It's fun. There's fun yep. action it's funny there's the constant bickering between Obi-Wan and Anakin and Obi-Wan or Anakin always. and Ahsoka it's funny that too <laughs> but then if you want to start digging down you start to see how it's it's not even it doesn't even have to be on purpose in Star Wars the nature of the kind of stories that Star Wars tells tie mm-hmm. into these kind of more morality questions so it's always there you can always start to dig in and look for them And that's why you can tie Andor to Clone Wars and they were never intended to be connected. There's no way that was Mm -mm. possible. Tony Gilroy probably had no idea what Clone Wars was about. (laughs) He has no reverence for Star Wars at all.
0: No, he is just brilliant and good at what he does. Mm -hmm. A story can be told without direct connections. Because if there's a theme, you can present that. It's... It's all humanity, truly. Yeah,
1: it is. It's a mirror to and us. And it doesn't
0: matter if the humans are in space or not. So Exactly.
1: I love Star Wars. Oh my god. <laughs> That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> I know. It's brilliant. The only other observation I had was about the landscape cuz we're like in it more in this episode. Yes, we are. And I yeah. one thing that I love about Clone Wars and its animation which we take for granted if you watch other cartoons nobody does this is that they create Mm -hmm. cinematic atmosphere so there's like little specks of cinders floating in the air and like the light changes no one takes time to do that sort of thing except Clone Wars and it just you're very right it's so beautiful and unnecessary but it really is a beautiful addition and then I kind of noticed that the landscape looks like sea corals and sea scallops they do. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's almost like it was an ocean that was revealed. I don't know. I just it looks really neat. Well, oh, that d- reminds me of the desert southwest. Oh, it, of the United States, which
0: was once an ocean. Mm-hmm. And all of those rocks and the fa- the formations and the sand and the sagebrush and all of that was all ocean at one point. Yeah. And now it's this beautiful
1: you know the Grand Canyon alone, if you will. Yeah, you can find shark teeth sometimes. It not, I don't know if yes. the Grand Canyon, but even here in Illinois, if you dig in some of the sandstone, yeah, you can find shark teeth. That's like prehistoric. It's pretty crazy.
0: Now you got me wondering about geology on this planet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm curious about the Star Wars planet Lola. Lola, say so you. Yeah. What if it? What if it? Her name was Lola.
0: (laughs) She was an ocean.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I'm not continuing (laughs) that song. (laughs) Oh, my God. It could have been. I mean, who knows? Maybe that was the catastrophic event that exposed the world's core.
0: Oh, I love it. Oh, if it was heated up from the center Mm. and there was all that magma in the center and it evaporated the oceans and then it erupted. That could happen. Could have boiled away Shit. the seas. Wow! I love that. I love that so much. That's crazy. But now, is it an obvious connection to Mustafar and Anakin's future, and the fact that Tarkin he meets Tarkin on a lava planet? It <laughs> could be. All these terrible things happen on lava planets. <laughs> it's
1: because it's not a safe place to hang out. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. What am I saying? I mean, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's actually, instead of destructive, lava is actually creating. It does. but it very much does. It'll still burn your bones away if you touch it. Oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect location to meet Tarkin.
1: It really is. Yeah. It is so much because of that symbolism of it being... <laughs> One thing on the surface and dangerous yes. underneath. You know, that's so Tarkin. God, but it's you could say the same thing about Anakin, and that hurts my heart. You Yeah, you're so right. Oh my
0: God, it's true. There's two different. There's two different uh, things at play here, though. Tarkin is inherently bad. Anakin struggled, and then went
1: through phases. Yeah, <laughs> we'll say <laughs> it's a phase. <laughs> It's
0: a phase. It lasted most of his adult life. It's only a 40-year phase of
1: cruelty and evil, but he'll (laughs) grow out of it, I swear. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh,
0: But I mean, like, I don't think, well, you could make the argument that nobody's evil when they're born.
1: Well, and in mythology, there definitely is the character who is born to destroy. Like, that Mm -hmm. is their fate. So, and from the episodes we've done about the, uh, what is it? I was gonna say the fates, which it's not the fates. What is it? The midichlorians, the Wills. The Wills. The Wills, yeah. That they created Anakin on purpose to be the chosen right. one, to fall. I know to be redeemed. Like it's all on purpose. So it that's what's so heartbreaking is he tried to be good for so long, even though he was never yeah. intended to be for his whole
0: life i have a bone to pick with the wills because (laughs) and 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 yes i'm speaking about the wills but with a much larger sense in mind so i have a bone to pick with the wills and the fact that how dare you pluck an innocent person and say you will be the instrument of countless deaths countless pain suffering et cetera because we need something else to happen. Yeah. Is that how everything works? If that's the case, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is a much larger and I'm not smart enough to talk about its
1: subject, but I have questions. You're reminding me that like even Judas, right, was right chosen to be the betrayer. Like he didn't choose that like that's what happened i mean maybe he made choices that led to that but it was like his destiny to do that who right. when they're born would would say this is the life i'm gonna pick for myself right i'm gonna betray yeah. and murder uh, uh even by proxy by accident and then go mad and hang myself in the desert like no one picks that when they're born you know so there are these these characters that are fated for these awful things and at least and at least Anakin got to redeem himself not everyone gets that in mythology no. at least you know it's true I mean we've talked
0: about it with Obi-Wan like why so much pain and loss in one person's life yeah well it shapes it you know in Buddhism suffering leads to enlightenment you can't grow right without the pain and the suffering. Right. So there's there's so many things we could talk about. Seriously, I was like, this is how did we get this here? Is I, I so mean, deep. It <laughs> is, it really is. God, the Clone Wars, man. This is not a kid show. <laughs> right? Right. Oh shit. <laughs> Our audience question this week is it goes back to what we were talking about. Do you think they already had a plan for Echo? When this episode was written and filmed and produced, what do you think?
1: Join us back next week. We are going to finish this trilogy up. We are going to talk about Citadel Rescue, which is the third and final installment of the Citadel arc. And oh my God.
0: (laughs) There's just more, more of everything. (laughs) Yes,
1: prepare to have your heart ripped out of your chest because it just gets worse and better. (laughs) Yeah, yes.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons because they are lovely souls. Mm -hmm. And we're grateful for their support. If you'd like to support the podcast and become a patron as well, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. As always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need one place to find all of these, head over to
1: mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always.